Welcome to the Balancing Life Show, where health and wellness expert, Coach Steluza Leu, brings you simple, actionable tips and tricks to help you solve real-life problems. Here, we're having meaningful conversations on how to achieve a healthy mind in a healthy body while also having fun. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review and help us spread love, health, and healing to as many people as possible. Hello, beautiful. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this episode. The topic of today is a really beautiful topic for us women to uh, to chat about. And I got to give credit to my guest for coming up with the title and the topic of, uh, of today's uh, uh, meaningful conversation. And it is Real Queens Fix Each Other's Crowns. And for you ladies out there who... Uh, feel like you need some community and you need some, you know, ideas and ways how to support, you know, either yourself or support somebody else. Stay tuned. We'll be talking about the importance of, you know, the having a community of women and supporting each other's um, on our way to growing ourselves, both individually, personally, and professionally. So just let me tell you about my guest today, uh, a few words about her and uh, give you her bio, and then we'll dive right into the topic. So Payal has been employed in the IT sector for 18 years. She has a major in IT services design and has led multiple high-performance teams, excuse me, in the IT vendor and management, vendor management and technology governance space. She worked for GE, Western Union, Sapient in the past as in, and is currently working for Avaya International Region as a strategy partner and program leader. Her formal education is in software engineering and information technology. She graduated from Bangalore University and holds an MBA from Cambridge Judge Business School from UK. She's not worthy for contributing to supporting women leadership initiatives by being a mentor to budding women leaders and current committee member for diversity and inclusion at Cambridge. She is the chapter lead for Avaya International in Avaya and also has uh, been a founding member of Women Panel at Western Union. Payal is a prolific traveler. She loves to spend time with her family and enjoys like many of us, reviewing food cuisine from across India and all over the world. So without further ado, welcome, Payal. How are you? Thank you for being here. Thanks, Toluta. Thanks for welcoming me. And uh, it's really lovely being here. Uh, and I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks so much. Super. So let, just to give a background to, to the people listening to us, we used to work for both of us for the same organization. I used to work for Avaya, Payal still works for Avaya, but we didn't get to meet each other when I was, when I was working in Avaya. So we came across each other uh, on, I think on LinkedIn and we connected and we started talking about uh, women leadership and uh, empowering women. And that's how we came about uh, talking and about understanding not only understanding because we understood this but about that's how we came to the conclusion that we should be having a conversation on, on the topic of women supporting each other because I think both of us have um, both of us me and Payal and for sure you listening out there have experiences in your career and in your life in which other women influenced your path 
either in a positive or in a negative manner. But we will be focusing on the positive today. And um, before we started the recording, I was chatting with Payal and we were talking about how important it is in one's career to have, for example, um, either a mentor or a sponsor or a direct manager who is supportive. And um, I wanted to ask you, Payal, um, if you can share with us a story from your career and from your you know, professional path in which you felt like the presence of other women in your career who might have you know, either been in a competitive role with you or on the same level with you was really important and you felt that they moved you further down your path. Because what I feel in my, in my experience is that most of us, when we are in competitive roles in organizations, in big organizations, uh, we have a tendency to, to compete instead of support each other. Yes. And I just wanted, if you could share with us some of your stories of, you know, other women supporting you, and then we will move into the stories of you supporting other women as well, because you were in a leadership position, and I love what you're doing for women in your organization, and not only. Uh, so, Stalita, uh, initially when I started my career, uh, I, I didn't see lots of women supporting me in the workplace. Uh, because I saw there was lots of competition and, uh, you know, they, uh, uh, we were a little, they were a little insecure. They were competing with uh, each other. And, uh, and I, I, and I do understand, you know, because uh, I, I think that's how, that's how things turn up at times because uh, uh, I, I really, I, I really believe that, you know, Bob, it's, it's something like, uh we need to have a, I, I used to think we need to, I need to have some best behavioral psychologist to design a program, you know, why do women compete with each other at workplace? And I used to hear all the young girls who were working with me saying that, you know, I wish uh, my, my boss was a man. I wish, uh, you know, uh, I was reporting into a man. And uh, it's very tough to work with more women. And that was the kind of crowd which I worked in initially. And uh, I literally, when I started my career, I wanted to work with more women because uh, I had always seen in my house women supporting each other. And I knew that, you know, there was a lot of empathy we had for each other, lots of support. That was, that's how I grew up. And uh, I wish, you know, I could just tell them, you know, are you nuts? Why, why, do you, why do you resent to work with more women? What's wrong? You know, we got to help each other. That was, that was, that was what I wanted to tell them. Uh, in my work experience, initial ones, I had lots of sponsors, lots of mentors. Uh, most of them were men. And uh, unfortunately, most of them were men. Uh, then I joined one of the organizations where, you know, I saw all these wonderful women supporting each other. And I was reporting into a woman who was, a, you know, who was a wonderful lady. And uh, she would listen to me. She would guide me. She would mentor me. And then, you know, she did. She did sponsor, sponsor me, uh, sponsor me uh, for my education. Helped me around. Guided me. And uh, I, I think, you know, that's that was a starting point where I realized, you know, if this, you know, we always, we as human beings, uh, we always give what we get. We have that tendency, you know. 
we all we always giving what we are getting and when i got that kind of warmth from you know uh, my uh, my my immediate managers and women around them you know i wanted to give it back to the younger lot which was you know which was there the people who were working with me there were lots of wonderful girls who had joined joined under in, in my team and i didn't want to do a lots of things for them and i think that's where you know it, that's where it all started and um, i think now there's a selfish motive i have a 17 year old daughter and i would want that you know when she steps into the corporate world she should be she should get into a very positive environment and i i see all those young girls around her and you know you know at the same age group where you know they would be joining the companies and i i somehow feel they should get the positive and you know good environment when women work together you know there's there's a lot of positivity around and you know we all are very powerful when we work together and that's that's my belief and i'm sure you know you have experienced the same thing while uh, working with other women and uh, you know i i think all the strong women when i say a strong queen would support each other and i'm sure you agree with me here yes and i do agree with you but i'll i'll let you finish and then i'll say what i have to say and i honestly think you know uh, i i i think the way i the women is always being pushed against each other and that's where we all you know have that mentality where we think you know there's just one kingdom to capture we just running and competing for that one kingdom whereas you know i think we all can build our small castles around you know we we what, there's there's no point competing with each other because you know we have the capability to build our own small castles we don't have to keep competing with each other if we you know we all running towards the moon i should say you know we all want the moon because that but why why can't we just be simple you know small shining stars around in the you know in the sky just form a galaxy around you know we can we can shine around each other help each other so i that that's 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 the kind of world probably uh i i wish to see and i thought you know if i want to see such a world why not start changing it now because you have to be the change you want to see otherwise it will never happen yeah so yeah amen to that and there are a few a few things that you mentioned that i wanted to kind of like go back to and one of them that i really 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 love is the fact that you mentioned that you were brought up in a family in which women were supportive to each other so you had that as a background and i'm a firm believer that our childhood and our you know uh, upbringing shapes us right so you had a positive model of women supporting each other and this is something that i wanted to emphasize because not many women are as lucky as you were and i have a lot of i know a lot of women who are not as lucky as you were i was lucky to have a very supportive mother but i was not surrounded by a feminine community that was supportive but i was lucky to have a very supportive mom from which i took a lot of i learned to be strong and to be um to be standing on my own two feet and be in my you know have a strong moral compass um the other thing that i wanted to mention was that you you said something 
that women can bring compassion to each other, to the workplace. And that speaks to the, to the energy and to the fluidity in the workspace. And I think, as you mentioned, if you don't find such a thing, if you don't find the place that has the positive energy, you can start doing that because we have such energy runs, right? Energy is free. So, and, and it influences everything. And I wanted to share a story, uh, of how important the mindset and the attitude and the energy is in a group. Uh, because that's how I learned how important it is, how we show up with our energy. Uh, I was part of a mastermind and our leader learned from her own experience that it is important for her to lead the group and to lead it with a positive mindset. So every time she was opening the our meetings, she was asking us to share a positive, a win, something positive, something good. And all these positive inputs were flowing in. So everybody was flooding, were, was releasing into the group positive energy. And she told us that she learned to do that because at the beginning when she was not leading with positive energy and with a positive mindset, when she was asking people you know, in her groups about themselves, the tendency, the natural tendency was for somebody to say, to complain or to bring a negative thing. And everybody was adhering to that negative energy and everybody was inputting their negative energy. So her takeaway and my takeaway from this is that it is important to check in with your energy and see if you're bringing positive energy to the workplace, to the group that you're part of, to your family, because people have the tendency to mimic, to replicate what they're seeing. And as human beings, I've noticed in myself and around uh, me with people that I work with or my colleagues or my friends, that our natural tendency is to complain, to see the negative things, to speak about the negative things. So I think it is very important, as you mentioned, to bring, a pos to bring positivity and to, to be the change that you want to see because only by leading by example, we will be able to change because just by talking about change, nothing will happen. By leading by example, things will start moving around us. And I think it is beautiful. And the personal motivation that you have with your daughter, I think it cannot, there, there cannot be more, uh, more of a stronger motivation than that. For me, I have the same motivation. My daughter is 14 and I want her to be a strong feminine leader in her group, whether I'm talking about a group of friends or, you know, wherever her workplace will be, because there is a lot of change to be, that needs to be done in the world. And then there, women need to be there to lead the change, to lead this, this uh, wave of, uh, of, of change in, in organizations. And not only in the organizations, actually, in a group of friends everywhere in the world. We're always comparing. We're always comparing. You know, I don't have that. She has that. There's this plenty in the world. You know, it's, there's this so much in the world. You always have something to, for yourself. It's fine. You know, why, we should not keep competing with each other because, you know, when you're comparing, yeah, you know, the comparison would kill the happiness. You should be focusing on your achievements. And, you know, once, once you, you know, because if you lose sight of your own, you uh, know, what uh, your focus and, you, you know, what you want to achieve, that would literally kill the happiness. That's so, so true. 
that's so yeah. true. And in, in the coaching world, you know, when we coach people, we have, we are kind of like educated and trained to see the scarcity, right? So all this comparison comes and not having enough comes from a scarcity mindset, right? And many people are brought up with a scarcity mindset. And as coaches, we challenge our clients to, you know, to look at their belief systems and see where does the scarcity come from and which are the beliefs that need to be, you know, challenged, changed in order for, for the person to move from this scarcity mindset to a more positive mindset in which the focus is not somewhere else, in which you're not, you don't need other people's confirmation to... Uh, be confident within yourself and to be moving further and to to be successful and uh, this is really uh, this is I think one of the keys of being successful as a woman or as a man in whatever pursuit is just looking at your own goal not comparing yourself to other people there's no such thing because there's no other Payal in the world there's no other Steluta in the world there's no other uh, Sophia in the world or any other you know so we are individuals that we bring a specific skill set, specific values, specific ideas that nobody else has. We have we have this um, mixture. We're like this cocktail of of experiences and ideas and beliefs that it's unique to us. There's no way that we can compare us to anybody else in the world. And I think, I, I think we should, you know, it's very, very important for us as women or, you know, as a person or an individual, we have to be very confident. We know that we are worth it. We have to recognize, you know, what we are worth. We have to keep up, you know, our self-esteem very high and have faith, you know, in ourselves. We, we should know that, you know, we have the abilities to be there. And that's where, you know, you, you would definitely find people who would put you down, who would be negative and, you know, ne- who would bring negativity, who would try to pull you down. But we have to see, you know, those people are insecure and, you know, they don't, they don't trust themselves. They think, you know, if I'm not, I'm not getting what she has, they'll always, they, they'll always try to pull you down. They'll always try to, you know, uh, be hateful to you. But the only way, to, you know, get them out or pull them out is, you know, convert their negative energies to positive ones. And if we can touch touch 10 people, like if I can touch 10 women and, you know, make them positive, just see the impact of it, those 10 women, you know, each 10, each one touches every 10 women. And, you know, look at the impact it's going to have. It's going to turn everything into a positive environment. So I think I, uh, I, uh, I feel that it's very, very important to realize that, you know, we have to be very confident and I know, know that we are worth it. That's very important. Yeah, that's so beautiful. The, the worth it part, it's so strong. And I think many people struggle with self-confidence because it stems from, it stems from this, I'm not worthy belief that we have. And this transpires in so many aspects of our lives when we feel that we are not worthy or when we are told, I don't know, maybe from our childhood, somebody, a certain experience made us have this feeling that we are not worthy of love, of appreciation, of, I don't know, of being listened to. Um, And this transpires. And what, uh, what you said that, you know, 
when people bring you negative energy, it's actually about themselves. It's not about yourself. It has to do with their experience. This is so true. And I was wondering if you can, you know, can share with us, how do you guide your younger mentees, you know, uh, to change their attitude when they receive their, when they're on the receiving end of a negative energy, how do you guide them to, you know, to realize that it has nothing to do with them when they get a negative comment or a judgment or somebody is being mean to them and, and to change their mindset. Do you have a specific tool or just share the story? What would you tell to a young woman who is at the receiving end of a negative energy? I would tell them that if you're a leader, you have to lead in such a way, you know, you have to take care of everything. There would be people with insecurities. There would be people who are positive. There'll be people who are, you know, less confident. There'll be people with self-esteem, you know, uh, spreading negative word about you. One thing we should always remember is we should compete with our own self. You know, never compete with somebody else. That's very important. You know, the moment you start comparing yourself, competing with somebody else, you know, your downfall starts. Because, you know, if you're competing with yourself, you're becoming a better self of yourself. If you're competing with somebody, you don't know that person might not be in that level. That person might be, you know, at a level which is very, very less than what you have. And then you go down to his level and then try to compete with that person. So you are, you know, you lead nowhere. So number one, compete with yourself. You have to be really compassionate. You know, you have to be honest to yourself. You have to know what you, you know, what, what all can you give? You have to understand others. You have to be, you know, very, very, you have to empathize with people. That's very important. You know, if, if you see that some, somebody's, somebody's not matching up to your expectations, get onto his shoes or her shoes, try to understand, you know, uh, he might have a story, you know, which, and he might have a story why he or she is behaving in that fashion today. Maybe he has a background where, you know, somebody's treated that person in a very ill manner. And that's why he's giving back to you. It's not that, you know, we all, that's why, that's why I said, you know, we, we, are, we give back what we get. And that's, that's a human nature. So that person might be just giving back what he's got from the world. So try to give him a positive, you know, uh, positive impact so that, you know, tomorrow he's a better person. He gives back, you know, positivity to the people. So you have to be compassionate. You have to, you know, gen then third thing is you have to really support genuinely. You know, uh, you have to see that, you know, your focus is making somebody better. And that's a genuine support. It should not be fake. You have to genuinely see what, what other person is going through and, you know, you know, try to help that person around. It has to be a selfless act, you know. You, know, you have to think that, you know, probably you might, not, might just not get anything out of it personally. But, you know, I think um, it's very important to be very genuine when you're supporting somebody. It's, it is, uh, you have to ditch the stereotypes. When I say you have to ditch the story, stereotypes, you know, uh, usually women are portrayed giving, you know, having, they, they, they would always have catty comments against each other. You know how it is, how uh, usually it's, you know, uh, you're always commenting negative, uh, you're having negative comments for uh, people you see around. So, uh, and, and, you know, uh, stereotype is usually a woman is, uh, woman is perceived as somebody who is weak, who is emotional, 
probably who's incapable of leading. So you have to leave all that behind and you have to, you know, you have to be somebody who can lend a helping hand who is like as strong as, you know, uh, kind of fighting a battle or leading, but compassionately. So uh, that's what I tell all the women leaders that, you know, uh, you have to know your self-worth, be confident and have that sense of self-worth with you. Once you once you know that you can do it, I think there's no stopping. So, uh, and obviously uh, you have to go for the best and you know you deserve the best. And that's where, you know, you know that there's, there's, there's plenty in this world to get. So uh, don't be cockeyed. See the bigger version, the bigger story of life. And focus on bigger things in life rather than rather than getting, you know, menial and, you know, focusing on small things. Okay, you know, there's a position we both are applying for. I'm not going to help her because, you know, uh, if uh, maybe she gets a better, she, 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 she gets a better, you know, uh, position or gets a, gets a promotion. Help each other. When we help each other, we learn. And that's, that's where, that's where, you know, I think it's very, very important for, for us to empower each other, make each other strong so that, you know, we know we, we all have, you know, parts, different parts. So it's not a race. And have you ever seen men, men being, uh, you know, men being racy, they have a very healthy competition because they are not taught that, you know, there's very little for you in this world as a woman. We always think there's so much little in this world. And if, if, I, if, if she gets it, I don't get it. That doesn't happen. Yeah. That's, that's the scarcity mindset that we are talking about. That like everything, yeah. every resource is limited. Of course, there are limited resources in the world. But what we are talking about, talking about here, it's not limited. There's plenty of jobs. There are plenty of opportunities. There are plenty of... Uh, of trainings there are plenty of things to learn from and to achieve there's no such thing there shouldn't be such thing as competition and especially for the the younger aspiring leaders female leaders it is important to know that we as a society as a humankind we evolved by sticking together by supporting each other by being Uh, compassion and by bringing compassion in our uh, small groups that, you know, in our small tribes, by lending a shoulder to somebody, by lending a hand when it was in need. And these are some traits that we all have uh, inherent in us. And we need to bring them into the workplace as well, because as you said, there's no such thing as women competing to each other. Yeah, we compete in a race if you go running and you, but even there you can support each other in, even if there is a, a line that you need to cross, a finish line that you need to cross that, and you're competing shoulder to shoulder physically against each other, there's still cooperation that can be uh, between women competing as it is between men as well. So, I think this empowerment message is really strong for younger women to understand that only by, as you said, you know, fixing each other's crowns, we can become more beautiful, stronger, powerful uh, queens, not by just snipping each other's, uh, you know, things off. And Stelita, you know, while I adore these dreamy narratives of fairy tales, I dislike, you know, the way a female is portrayed against a female 
you know, look at those fairy tales, Snow White and the Evil Queen, the Cinderella and the Stepsisters. Oh, man, you are so right. I didn't even think about it. But <laughs> if I ask my daughter, she would totally agree with you. She would totally yes. agree with you. That's true. The woman is being pitied against each other, you know. They're always perceived as a threat. You know, my reign, this is my palace. And you come and snatch, the, snatch my palace from me. I'm going to fight against it. And that's, that's, that's the kind of mentality which I think, you know, we've, we've grown up reading all these fairy tales. And it's so, so inbuilt in us. And, you know, this constant competition between females is alive. It's like from this fairy tales, it's come onto the real world now. Yeah. And it's a petty competition. It's not kind of the sportive competition that it's, you know, uh, in which, you know, people are competing and uh, there is uh, the fair play that we know in competition. It's a petty competition in many places. And I was unfortunate to came across a, a person like that recently actually in my work right in my uh, uh, in my organization in my coaching business um, I reached out to a woman and she gave me she's in a similar field with me she works in the mental health in supporting people and she gave me this mean comment like really mean comment that took me down for a spin for a few days until I, I managed to, to really put myself together because I was not expecting anything like that. I think I'm in a level in my career in which I'm very self-confident and very self-aware. And uh, it, it doesn't take, um, it takes a lot to, to really shake me from, from my, my confidence and from where I'm standing. But I think the thing that literally shook me and, took me by surprise was that these mean comments came from a woman and I am about all about empowering women and about, you know, supporting each other and about making sure that our mental health is good and about, you know, creating this awareness and about teaching women and, um, and girls the tools to be good with themselves and to love themselves and to love and to be good with others. And I think the fact that this comment came from this, from a woman really shook me down. I don't think I would have taken it as hard as I took it, had it come from a man, but coming from a woman, it, it really messed me up for a couple of days. And I was so surprised to see that. And I think, and I know that it has nothing to do with me. And I know that these are things that this woman needs to sort out with herself. And these are issues that she has. And I knew all that, but still it affected me for a couple of days and kind of like I had to shake myself, shake myself out of it. But it's unfortunately for, for younger women, when they are subject to such a thing, to such a mean comment or such a mean reaction, I think if they are not as you said, very strong in their self-confidence, in their self-esteem, in their value, in their, you know, in their career path. Such a comment might have the power to really have them doubt themselves, doubt their achievements, doubt their, their um, uh, value, doubt their worth, right? So I think what you are do doing, educating and empowering young leaders by learning them that it's about themselves when it's, you know, it's their self-worth, it's their compassion, it, it's their 
confidence and it's their journey and it shouldn't when something like that comes along their way it's about the other person not about themselves i think it's really powerful because we are not taught that in school right nobody teaches us at school they teach us mathematics geography history whatever they don't teach us about self-confidence they don't teach us about self-worth they don't teach us about the fact that there's no such thing as scarcity. Yes, there are limited resources in many things, but there's no such thing as scarcity in emotions, in feelings, in love, in compassion in the world. These are things that not only that there are plenty of, but there needs to be more of in the world. And so, have you seen any winners in the war? I mean, like, I think if we want to have a war against each other, are there any winners ever? Mm-hmm. We don't have winners in war, you know. It, it, it does no good to... any party you know if you know there two people fighting it's going to be a loss to both of them yeah so true and uh, you brought up the topic of compassion and i think this is one of the best tools actually to bring into the workplace and to bring into our lives and i think many of us have compassion for other people but we don't have compassion for ourselves and we are mean and we are we are beating ourselves up for many things and because everything that happens around us is a reflection of our own world and of, of the energy that we are putting into the world i think having compassion it's a really powerful tool to work with and teaching women young leaders to have compassion to develop this compassion um skill if you may call it like that and the empathy that you were talking about it is so important to have empathy in your toolkit as a leader to be able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and to understand what is going on in maybe maybe there's something in going on in that person per, person's personal life maybe i don't know their kid is sick or they're going through a divorce or their parents are going through some rough times and go beyond our personal interest as you said and be literally leading for a place of compassion and empathy and lack of personal interest when you're leading and 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 trust me you know when i start first started leading the teams i was leading the way i saw my old bosses or my old managers doing it and i did not like it when they led me like that and i was doing the same and then you know i i kind of took a pause and i thought why am i doing the same mistake i never liked when somebody did all this to me I have to start doing something which gets a positive impact to the people I meet to the people I interact and that's where you know tomorrow when they lead somebody or they would you know they would be ideal leaders for somebody they would you know again prepare positive teams across them have positivity around them because we have to step in somebody's shoes see where is he or she coming from and then look at the world from his perspective not our perspective we might be in a very stable situation at that time we have to see where is this person coming from and i think that is more important when we talk about compassion empathy those are the important things which uh, which actually you know decide uh, you know how how that person at that time feels about you and how he treats somebody tomorrow that's again important because he is going to treat you treat somebody in the same manner as you treated him today 
Yeah, exactly. So it's a chain. It's a chain. It's a chain how you behave and somebody else behaves the same way with somebody. And that's where I stopped and I said, stop doing this, you know. Treat the people as you want to be treated by somebody else. And that's where it was, you know, a very, very important point in my life where I started thinking in a different direction. So, yes, I think it's, it's, a, it's kind of a self-realization we all go through, which is very important. I would ask you, what was the turning point that made you realize that you were leading, you were managing people, you were not leading people? actually, right? Because there is a huge difference between managing people and leading people, right? Not all managers are leaders and there are many leaders who are not in manager, managerial positions. So I would call it awareness, what you call self-actualization. I call awareness, bringing awareness into your own personal uh, journey and being m- mindful of what's going on in there. But I was curious, was there something specific that made you have this personal realization or have this awareness uh, that you were actually just a manager, not a leader, and you were bringing a model into the teams and creating managers instead of leaders? So I was this young manager who was transitioning the complete team. And I knew how how my bosses did that with quite authority. And, you know, I was like, okay, you know, let me just uh, check out a transition plan. And then I I called this guy and I said, you know, this is how we are going to work. Uh, Day one, day two, day three. And I I was like, very very disciplined. And we finished in 30 days. That's how we finished the transition. And this person, um, he's an Indian. And this is the first time he's interacting with uh, people in US taking the transition. And he was very scared, very scared. And uh, uh, he used to uh, he used to do these trainings in in the evening, and uh, then there was one senior director who reached out to me and said, you know, uh, I want to speak to you. Uh, I don't think this person is appropriate to take the transition in your team. You need to literally, you know, give him uh, a warning or probably change him, change him, or you know, sack him. That was the instructions I got, and and then. Uh, I literally went to that person. I was literally angry, angry because he never gave me a feedback. He wasn't doing anything. So, you know, I, I really got really, I was very angry. I went to him and then I said, did I make a plan for you? Did, did, you, did you follow that? We are in day 12 and these people in US would leave. What are you doing with all this? We just have 15 days. And this person literally, you know, literally started crying in front of me. And uh, I, I, was, I was taken aback and then I went home and then I, and I treated him the way probably somebody treated me long back. I gave you this, why haven't you done it? You know, it was a peculiar manager. Uh, what are you doing about it? I want to know when, you know, you give them a shout. You know, I, I got a shouting probably and I gave it back to somebody. And then I realized, what am I doing? You know, I have to understand what's going wrong with this person rather than, you know, uh, rather than just imposing what I want. And then I called him up. I called him up next, next morning and I said, I want to speak to you. And then I went and sat with him and I asked him, what's wrong? You know, why are you not able to do it? Because I hired you. When I hired you, you had all the capabilities, abilities to do well. What's going wrong? It's been 12 days. You've been telling me everything is fine, pile. And now, now I see I get a negative feedback about you. And then he said, you know, I can't understand these people. They don't have processes in, processes in place. I'm not used to this working environment. And, you know, he came out with lots of things. 
And then he said, you know, uh, there's there's a transition. There's a, there's a manager who's been very bad to me. You know, uh, they're not giving me lots of documentations, which which they're hiding. And you know, he came out with lots of things at that time. So, and then I realized, I think nobody ever came back to me, asked me where I was, what was going wrong, and to make somebody do something, it's very very important to listen to that person to empower him to give him all the faith and trust to you know take his own decisions he should know my manager trusts me and then i told him i said you are going to sit with me we we both will sit and see what's going wrong and i'm okay you fail don't be scared to fail if you fail that means i fail and i'm not going to fail okay so have the confidence you do something wrong i'm going to say i made you do this so do whatever you want to you have all the authority i gave him all the authority i gave him all the faith all the trust and everybody around me said no he's not going to succeed everybody came and told me you know you're doing something wrong and then i i just told that person i said fail it's fine it's good to fail don't worry i'm there i'll hold you and then i saw that person doing really well 15 days 20 days he just took did everything in those 20 days finished off because he had that power that you know pile is behind me if i do something wrong i can i said quote me i said quote me do what do whatever quote me in whatever wrong you're doing and that's where you know i kind of empowered gave him the confidence and he had he had that uh said you know uh self confidence he can do he can do everything that's that's you know and then and then he, then he did all the things well i went back and i asked him i said i said what what is the difference you know what what made you do all this he said because you said whatever i do you know you have all the confidence in me and i can do anything you're going to support me so i think it's very very important for us as leaders to empower our people say do it we are behind you leaders lead from behind they don't order that's something very important and i think when we become young managers we just want to manage and say okay let's let's do this let's do this and we are like okay has it been done this is what we are for as leaders we need to be you know we need to lead from behind we need to tell our uh, team saying okay you know go for it when you when 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 you do something wrong say it's fine i'm there to support you say she 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 said the same thing she made me do it i'll take the onus so once people know that you know they have your support that's where you know they perform their performance goes up and they do wonders so i think that was one of the incidents and uh, i do follow that till now even if i have a pitch of my own i would let my team you know give that pitch and you know own it and when they make mistakes uh, they know we can blame it on her so i think that's very important for people uh, to be uh, confident have faith in themselves so uh, that was one of the incidents thank you for sharing the story there's i think three things that i wanted to kind of like emphasize from what you said and some kind of like takeaways for for people to from from your story um one of the things because you know i i consider myself a strength and confidence coach right and i think one of the ways to achieve confidence one of them not the only way when you don't have confidence 
is to have somebody lend you their confidence. And this is actually one of a, a coaching technique, right? So it's like, you know, when my client doesn't have enough of a confidence, of a self-confidence to achieve something, it's like, okay, it's okay. Imagine that I'm giving you the self-confidence. I'm imagining that I'm giving you the permission to be strong enough to achieve whatever you're achieving. And this is really, um, this is a very good tool, both for coaches and for leaders in their toolkit to empower people, to give them when they see that their people have not enough of a confidence to just lend them their own confidence and give them kind of like, you know, this is a piece of my confidence. I trust you. There it is. And I saw how important that is. And transitioning to another uh, one, another takeaway for as a, for leader, female leaders in, uh, you know, as moms acting as moms, I saw this behavior and I learned this behavior from my mom. So when I was very young, Whatever I was doing, my mom was always telling me, Steluza, I don't care. I trust you. I have faith in you. And I know that whatever you're doing, it's going to be okay. Whatever you're going to do, it's going to be okay. And I'm going to be here for you no matter what happens. And I think this is so powerful for me. It kept me out of trouble. It built my self-confidence from very young age because I knew that my mom, who was my main figure in my life, right? She was my role model. She trusted me and it helped me. So I think this is a, a very empowering tool for female leaders to bring home to their kids, not only to the workplace, but to their kids as well. And uh, the third thing that I wanted to touch on was supporting people through their failures and allowing people to fail because there's no better way of learning than through failures. And this might sound to the extreme for some people, but this was for me um, personally, probably the most impactful way of growing through my own failures. I learned, of course, from school, I learned from ex from experience, from positive experiences, that, but the most meaningful changes and transformations in my life and in my career came from my mistakes. And I think allowing people to make mistakes and go through their mistakes positively instead of being afraid of making them it's really powerful and empowering and it helps be, uh, build skill sets. It helps build self-confidence and it helps build an energy within the group and within the organization that it's only serving the organization. So I think these are very valid um, tools and uh coaching techniques for leaders to bring into their teams and into their organizations. People should not fear to fail. That's very important because that's where the insecurities or, you know, the uh, confidence goes for it. You have to, you have to fail and you do, should not fear to fail. That's very important. So, yeah. and that's what, that's what I think we should teach our uh, kids. We should teach the next generation or, you know, uh, teach our teams as it's it's very important that they learn to fail and they because when you fail you do things better because you know what went wrong yeah. and 
it's very important for you to know what went wrong and what you can do better. A few days back, I listened to a book in which Sarah Blakely was interviewed. And I don't know if you know Sarah Blakely, but Sarah Blakely is the first self-made billionaire woman. And she's the, the inventor and the founder of Spanx, the company that creates this underwear that reshapes the body. And before creating her huge empire, she was selling uh, Xerox. I think she's a, she was a Xerox um, sales rep that was selling copy machines door to door. And she was talking about her experience with failure, which started very early in childhood through the education that her dad gave her and her brother. So she was telling the story of her family sitting at the dinner table and her dad intentionally asking them to fail every day. So during dinner table, there, his question to his kids was, what did you fail at today? And she said that for her, this was the school of life 101 very early because in life there are so many failures and people are afraid to fail. Embarrassed. They're embarrassed. Exactly. You're embarrassed to talk about where you fail. You're embarrassed. And I think because uh, it's it's very rare uh, that, you know, a, a, a child comes home and says, I failed. And parents are like, how can you fail? You can't fail. Exactly. Exactly. So I think it is really powerful and really empowering both for female leaders as mothers in, you know, in their families and for female leaders at the workplace. And not only for female leaders, for all leaders to allow the space, to allow the, not only the physical space, but the emotional space and the support for, for their kids and their, their teams to, to fail and to learn from and to evaluate. Because for me, I think this is a very important part of learning. It's not only failing, but also evaluating what went wrong. And I think you mentioned this earlier before, it's evaluating, right? So when you had this, incident with your um, uh, employee, with the person in your team, you went home and you started evaluating, you you became aware and you started this process of evaluation. What am I doing wrong? What is he doing wrong? What is going on here? So that you learn, so that you allow for the learning experience to settle properly within yourself, not just go through the failure and move on and kind of like dismiss it, but take the time to go through the learning of it. And I think I, I think I start doing this very late in my life. You know, I started finding out my, finding my voice uh, a little late, probably in early thirties, uh, because I um, from the kind of culture I come in, from the kind of environment I come in, from the country. I think uh, usually you see all the girls pleasing each other, pleasing the people around, and you know. You don't. You don't want to. You don't want to come out as very strong. You want to be. You just want everybody to be in their happy spaces, so that you are in a happy space. And uh, I, I think that's that's where that's where I was in a, for a very long time. For a very very long time. And I think if people realize that you know, it's very important to find your inner voice, your inner self, at a very early stage. I mean, it's it's. I, it's going to be so wonderful, right? If somebody realizes all this in their early 20s, life is going to be beautiful for them. Yeah, I think you are so true. And But let me tell you the thing that you were mentioning with people pleasing, it's not only 
common in your culture. It's common throughout the world. And I, I had people talking to me and I had interviews with people from all over the world. And this is one of the themes that comes up, right? We are brought up as, you know, and I know this is also valid for men, but I'm speaking for us as women because I speak mostly with women and I work mostly with women. We are born and educated to please other people. And this unfortunately takes such a big toll. And as you said, it quiets us down. If we were to go into the, you know, into the energy world and into the chakras, it closes down our chakra, uh, throat chakra, and it does not allow for self-expression and creativity. And a world and a person without creativity and without self-expression is actually, I, I, I don't know which is the right expression, but unfortunately- I not think what you want to say is, I think if one is oneself, you know, if you are, if, if you are yourself, you are a better person always, you're healthier and, you know, you're a better boss because when we are in the space where we want to be, we are happy. We're exactly. not pleasing anybody. Exactly. And, uh, and it's okay world. to be yourself. It's okay to be yourself. There's nothing wrong in it. Exactly. We're making the world a better place by, by being ourselves, actually. That's it. This is what I was actually trying to, to say, that we are, when we are not our best self, we are not, when we are not expressing ourselves, when we are not bringing our creativity in the world, the world is missing out on all these things that we could bring in to make it better. So it is really, uh, this is, I think this is a really hot topic about people pleasing and our backgrounds and how it influences us. And uh, we'll keep it. That's forever. the kind of space I should say I am, I am in right now. And I'm in a happier space because I, I at times don't care if somebody doesn't agree with me, you know, it, it's, it's fine with me. I totally agree with you. Cause I'm in, in exactly the same space. Um, I was um, fortunate to probably uncover my own voice a bit earlier than you, and I'm still uncovering it. And I'm still, you know, kind of reshaping and evolving as a, an individual and as a human being, as a female. And I'm kind of like finding my voice stronger and stronger and uh, more powerful. But I think this, this, the sooner you start on your journey of becoming your true self, of allowing yourself to express yourself and detach yourself from somebody else, from ex their expectations, from their energies, from their feedback, and just focusing on being yourself, I think the better chances are that you become this amazing leader and amazing person that will influence and then will bring a positive change in the world and a positive impact in, in other people's lives as well. So I think even if it's something, it's something like it's, it's something like treating others as you would want to be treated, I think that's more important. And that's where, you know, we, we again say that, you know, uh, when we say as women, it's like fixing each other's crown and, you know, uh, trying trying to help each other, support each other. And if, if everybody's being themselves, there's no competition. There's a place for everybody in the world. Yeah, that's so true. And that's so beautifully put. You know, there's, there's a place for everybody in the world. And I wish more women will be exposed to this message and more women will have such an influence in their earlier careers 
because if they don't find this at home, there is a chance that they might find this in their career and have a leader like you in their life to influence them. Because as you said, you know, you influence 10 women, those 10 women influence a hundred women. If we, you know, make the math and these 100 women influence 100 times 10, I think it gives us uh, a thousand. That's women. a huge number. And that's a huge and number. If, if yeah. we, you know, I think we can make a huge change. Just one person can, can have a huge contribution to this, you know, raising our self-awareness and raising our energy and, and helping this world be a better place just by, you know, becoming aware and going through this process of finding our own voice and our self-confidence and our, our, our power, our inner power to, to express ourselves and to be genuine in whatever we're doing. Like somebody recently asked me, you know, I'm doing these videos and I started doing in the month of March and some, and, and lots of people come to me and they say, why do you do all this? I, I don't think, I know oh, you put in so much of an effort and you do all this. And I said, uh, because I know so many women who are, you know, who are, who are there in different strata of their life. They have their own path, they have chosen, they've lived their life and they are successful. I want others to know about them. You know, these are different kind of women. Like, you know, when I spoke to you, I spoke to a couple of others. When these videos are being seen by a young woman, they would, they would know that, you know, they've lived their life fiercely. They've have, had the confidence in themselves. They, they knew that, you know, uh, they, they can make a difference. And I think if there's one single positive impact I can make into the, in, in the world or, you know, I can impact somebody positively, I mean, because uh, this, you know, we can watch a video anytime. We can watch a video in, in any part of the world. So that was the intention. It's, it's empowering everybody knowing that, you know, yes, you, if they can do it, you can also do it. Exactly. And this is something so, that I've, I came across so much lately, this statement. If she can do it, you can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. It's this power of sometimes, you know, it's like, in faith, you know, in like whatever religion we're all in, you know, it's like, you know, say you have to believe without seeing, right? You believe there is God. We have faith that there is God or a higher power or a Buddha or Allah or whatever, whoever we believe in. But sometimes in like the real world, in everyday activities, sometimes we need to see it to believe it. And I think the, the, your initiative with the videos and what I'm doing through this podcast as well is kind of like giving an extra tool for, for people who need kind of like more proof that it is possible for them to, to achieve whatever they're putting their minds to achieving, that other people have done it before. It's not, it's not something that is undoable. And, and we all can coexist. Exactly. We all can shine. We can we can all be the shining stars and build a beautiful galaxy. That's the intention. I really <laughs> love your metaphor with the with the shining stars and the galaxy because I think the more stars we have, and more beautiful the galaxy would be. And if you bring more light together, it's not gonna you know one light will not turn the other light off. It's just gonna 
make the other lights brighter. And I think this is really beautiful. And it's a beautiful metaphor, actually. Just before we go, because we're heading towards the end of our conversation, I wanted to ask you, because the title of the podcast is Balancing Life. And um, it's called Balancing because I don't believe in balance, because I don't think there is such a thing as balance in life. But I do believe there is this process of, you know, balancing everything uh, about our lives. If you were to share three things that you consider are important for you to have a more balanced life, what would be those three things? Those three things will be uh, one top, topmost is spreading positivity, be an inspiration, be a motivation and you know, be compassionate. So beautiful. Thank you so much. I think these are really powerful things. Thank you so much, Payal, for taking the time to chat today. And thank you for being such an inspiration and spreading positivity and influencing so many people, so many women, young women and aspiring leaders' lives. I think the more women like you are in the world, the better this world will be. So thank you so much. Wish you the best of luck with uh, your initiatives, especially the new initiative this, uh, initiatives that you have in your corporate role. And stay in touch. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Before you leave, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Share this with somebody that might benefit from listening to it and help spread love, health, and healing to as many people as possible.